Hello and welcome to the Rock Your Voice podcast. Vocal coaching tips that will transform your voice, interviews that will inspire, industry guidance, and so much more. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Today on the Rock Your Voice podcast, I am joined by Justine Giles. She is a fantastic singer and songwriter. She's now calling Calgary her home and has some really cool things coming up. It was amazing to talk with her, Anna. I firstly want to say thank you so much to Justine for being so generous and genuine and open and honest in this conversation uh, because we do touch on some some more challenging topics, shall I say. And uh, I really appreciate her for sharing because this is a it's a great opportunity for people who might be experiencing the same sort of situation to be able to reach out or talk about it a bit more. And I am here for you if uh, if any of this conversation rings a bell. We do talk a little bit about um domestic abuse and mental abuse uh getting out of a kind of a toxic relationship so if uh just a heads up if that's going to be a bit of a trigger for you but also thank you so much justine and please do reach out if you do resonate with this uh, topic or situation because i would love to help you find some resources if i can but that is not all that this uh podcast episode is about there's obviously lots of industry insight and a lot of fun hearing the story behind justine's evolution as a musician so uh stay tuned and i hope you enjoy justine thank you so much for for hopping on the podcast with me today i'm really excited to to chat with you we've we've been chatting backwards and forwards quite a bit on instagram i've been following your latest release and all the things that you've been doing but you've got a really cool story and i love that you've braved um you know you've made the the trek across canada to to make calgary your home and everything so let's start from the start tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into music and and we'll head towards how you ended up here in Calgary but where did musicals start for you? Yeah well thanks for having me I really appreciate the the opportunity to share it's uh it's always cool to connect with people that I've met through Instagram it's actually brought me to some really great friendships so that's really cool. Awesome. So yeah my my life started in northern Ontario I grew up in a place called Sudbury it's about four or five hours north of Toronto and grew up in a fairly musical family. My dad's a bass player, so he was always in bands and touring and doing festivals. And he's a songwriter as well. Nice. He's, he's a good singer, a guitar player. And yeah, I guess I just grew up with that from the time I was born nice. and went to schools that just always had plays, lots of theater productions, went to an arts high school. And yeah, I mean, I just, I loved it from the time I was a kid. And I also loved writing. So right. lots of poetry, lots of diaries, you know, yeah, the ones with yeah. the lock and key. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was me, like all the time. I love it. I love it. So um, how was it with, with a musical family? I grew up with a musical family too. And it was, was it just something that, for me, it was kind of like, this is just what a normal family is like. And then, then you meet other people and it's like, oh. <laughs> It's, yeah. Uh, oh, totally. your dad's an accountant. What? <laughs> <laughs> it was really helpful for me growing up because I mean, as I matured, like he was always there and part of the process, Amazing. which is really special. Like I've always had that special connection with my dad. And I think it's really cool to do music with someone that, that you love and have mm -hmm. a good bond with like that was a really cool foundation for me. So I probably started songwriting officially when I was in high school. Okay. 
and just took my dad's acoustic guitar, which is literally beside me right now. And I never gave it back. (laughs) And uh, luckily he's more, more into playing bass than acoustic, but yeah. uh, I mean, he was just always there and and he played on my first record and basically made my first album possible. So we kind of co-produced that together when I was maybe 19 or 20. That's very cool. And played some live shows together. So it's cool. And I think he misses it. And I think I do too sometimes if I ever go back home, it would be cool to do a one-off show. Totally. Like when I go back and travel and just kind of visit. Oh, I love that. So. Did he, did he kind of critique you or um, did he just encourage you all the way? Or was there, cause I, I, with my dad, it was up until I was like 20. He was like, you are not getting into this business. This business is corrupt <laughs> and horrible and full of terrible people. And it took a lot of proving to him that, no, this is the way that I'm going. But was your dad always supportive or was he kind of, you know, was he was he a harsh critic or how, how, how did he help you? I think he was always super supportive, but I think he also was cautious because he knows what, what the industry is all about. and. Mm. You know he knows what it's like not just on the touring side but the recording side and everything that goes yes. into that and uh i mean back in his day it was more so like mailing cds to yeah. radio stations and that's not how it goes anymore the the industry's changed a lot but yeah i don't think he ever cautioned me against it but you know he's he's a supportive but cautious person as yeah. anyone would be and i would be too with anyone entering this business because it is yeah. it is a tricky one to navigate <laughs> totally totally <laughs> so you started writing in high school i love that that's that's awesome and did, did any of that writing make it to the light of day or was that just kind of i'm going to just pretend i'm a singer and just fantasize about writing music and or did you like literally start writing and then you actually dove into it yeah, I would say more so near the end of high school or even after college. I did a year program for art and design. So mm-hmm. it had graphic design, photography, art history, that kind of stuff. And a- around that time, I wasn't fully immersed in music. I was yeah. trying to just like go to school and have something, you know, to show to show for it. Yeah. But by the time I finished that program, it was just on my heart to do music. So I, I would say it was a little bit after high school that I focused really on a lot of songwriting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So by the time I was, yeah, maybe early 20s. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's it's crazy though, hey, it's like once you get that bug, it's that's it, you're stuck. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I was just listening to a podcast that you did recently. I think it's the Cal- Calgary Sessions, was it? Is that- yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you said something on that, like, that honestly nearly made me cry. It was so beautiful. And uh, you were saying that how um, music, uh, it never leaves you and you can also be vulnerable with it. And it's yeah. like so that the relationship with music, I was like, oh, that one hit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, speak a bit about that if you, if you can. Of course. I, I think music has been my constant through life and mm-hmm. I've led a fairly lonely, isolated life. I don't know if that's because I'm an old soul and I don't really fit in with people in my age group. Like I had a hard time growing up and I talked to my teachers on on recess breaks and lunch breaks and had substantial conversations and um, grew up with a, a brother that has special needs and all these kinds of things. And I think I was just always really responsible and, and kind of took life seriously. Mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't really have normal relationships, like quote unquote normal. Right, you know, right. I didn't have a lot of typical childhood situations or, you know, it's, it's almost like I was bypassing a lot of milestones because I just felt like I didn't have to go through certain things, Okay, yeah. which is weird to say, but yeah, there, I mean, I never really had like a partying stage, you know, like, like there's some people that just have these traditional milestones, like yes. this person parties at this age, and by that age, you have your first boyfriend, and by this age, you do this, and you know, I never really followed a, a traditional path like that. Right. So music for me was the, the constant relationship my whole life. Okay, okay. Yeah, I it was like that. a safe place for me to express emotion. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. So when did it turn from, so when did you start doing gigs? When did you start performing and, and showing people your work? Yeah, good question. I think, I mean, technically I got used to being on a stage when I was in school. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So from the time I was in public school, all through high school, I, I got to be on a stage and be in big auditoriums full of, you know, everyone's parents and yes. stuff like that. So I loved it from the time I was young, but official gigs, I'd say sometime in my early twenties, I started right, right, right. doing open mics and that gave me an opportunity to just showcase my, my own material mm -hmm. for the first time. And right. I started going regularly and started, you know, building a, a local community, a local following in my hometown. And after that, I mean, people start to get to know you yeah, in a small yeah. town, right? Like you get to network and find out who the business owners are and who owns the bars and all that kind of stuff. So then people would just get to know me and look me up online and book me for their events. And mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it, it just kind of happened organically, but I'd say in, in my early twenties, I started booking gigs and, and actually getting paid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Was it was it very intimidating for you to step into that role? Were you always kind of confident that you were capable of actually stepping onto a stage where someone would pay you to be able to play your own music or or was there any imposter syndrome or any of that kind of stuff? Or was it just the natural next step? Yeah, I think it, it's always felt natural for me. I don't know what happens, but and maybe you can relate to this, but it's like you step on a stage and something switches. So like you kind of go into a mode mm -hmm. or at least I do. It's mm -hmm. just, it's not that I become someone else. It's if anything, I become more of myself on a stage, which is really yes. weird, but <laughs> yes, I a hundred percent relate to that. It's, it's so yeah. true. It's just like, okay, well, it's, it's an all or nothing space to be in, right? You, it is. If you go up there and you're trying to be something else, that's it's all gonna fall apart real quick. Yeah, and I, I talk about this a lot lately, but I really enjoy things that bring me back to the present moment. So that could be mm -hmm. doing a podcast like this or performing on a stage because you just have to be there. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you can't really be floating off anywhere else because if you do, you're not gonna give the best performance <clears throat> that you can. So I'm, I'm someone that has such an active mind and I'm always thinking about the next thing and yes. the next project because things take a long time to plan yes. or I'm reflecting on the past and trying to learn and heal and not repeat patterns that are unhealthy, you know? So yeah. my brain is always just spinning and spinning. So I think I just get to be and mm -hmm. come alive when I get to be in a, a space of performance and right. 
yeah, I really enjoy it. So I think it's always been a natural thing for me. Yeah, yeah, because there's a lot of people that I work with in the studio who are just very, very talented people who have just been terrified to just take that step of going to an open mic or, you know, starting to own it of like, okay, you're not a student anymore. You're, believe it or not, you're you're a singer. Go, go do what you've been paying <laughs> me to tell you to do for the last five years or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really interesting to try and try and help people build the confidence to take that step. Do you have any words of advice for anyone in that sort of situation? Well, first of all, I love that you're you're helping so many people do that because I think it's really special. And and that's something I'm giving a lot of thought to as well. Like how can yes. I support up and comers? Because it's such a important time yes. of of one's artistic journey. And, and I think you really need to have support. Mm-hmm. In, I mean, it's good to have support throughout your whole career, but it's it's like a, an incubation stage. Yes. You know? like, I think it's really important for people to have support. But yeah, I think, I don't know. Like I've always given myself permission to come alive on stage because it's it's been a safe space for me. Like right. I said, I mean, I just feel like it's it's safe. So I don't know if, if everyone would feel that way because I know a lot of people have fear about it. But yeah. the only thing I can really say is that if you're true to yourself, people feel that and they pick yes. up on that and it just bridges so much connection right. and you never know who's in that audience that needs to hear your unique story and your unique voice right totally totally so uh, yeah I just don't think it really serves anybody to show up and try to be someone you're not because mm-hmm. you're not going to feel good about it like that's yeah. going to give you an icky kind of feeling yeah, inside. yeah. and then no one's going to relate to it you know totally. so I just think music is such a powerful tool for mm-hmm. connection i think it's super healing for ourselves but i think it's also it's brave but it's so worth it to show up and just do do you like yes. do whatever your unique thing is yes and i think that's a big thing as well is you know there's so many people doing this there's so many artists mm-hmm. and so we can get it in our heads sometimes that well, why am I going to do it? Or why am I different? Because there's so many other artists and mm-hmm. so many other people on social media. So why am I any different? But I, you know, I think it's important that people do know that they're different. Like yes. everyone has a very unique story, a very unique physical, like tangible voice to, yes, yes, to yes. use. Totally. Yeah. <clears throat> I love all of that. So after you started doing your, your open mics and you were getting traction and everything, so what was the next step for you and your music? Were you Did you go to, obviously I'm assuming, recording albums and starting to release your music? How, what was the next step for you? Yeah, I stayed fairly independent for most of my career. I did a lot of writing myself, producing myself Very for cool. quite a long period of time. Nice. and traveled and played shows and, and that whole thing. And eventually I got to a point where I wanted to keep growing. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I left I left my hometown and did some touring and showcasing and that kind of stuff, which I think was good for me yeah. as a yeah. young artist, just to get some experience under my belt. <laughs> uh, but in terms of recording, I just got to a point where I realized that I wanted to have better quality production and didn't want to do it myself. Like I love making demos and the the creation process, Mm -hmm. but if you really want to grow your recording career, you need to have quality recordings. Yes. Yes. And 
and yeah, I think it's important to invest in, in quality production for me. That was, that was just naturally the next step. Yeah. Yeah. How did you find the right, right people to work with? How, what was, what was in your checklist of, of (laughs) (laughs) well, I mean, as you know already, I didn't really find the right people for quite some time. I'm kind of tricking you into this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? But that's that's the funny thing. And and I love that you brought this up, though, because everyone thinks that you're you're always going to find the right people right away. And it doesn't always happen that way. And I want to relate it to just relationships in general. Like, sure. Traditionally speaking, people found their husbands and wives in high school and stayed with them forever and it just worked out. It doesn't always work that way anymore. You know, relationships these days are a lot more like, I don't know, I I don't even know how to phrase it, but things have really changed. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. society has been a little bit more open to people breaking up marriages if it's not working yeah whereas before it was just so unacceptable to do that if you weren't happy people stayed like a lot of my great-grandparents and even my grandparents generation stayed together in relationships that were not healthy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just because they were like legally bound and I think that's changed quite a bit like I'm sure there's still situations like that that exist but sometimes you don't meet the love of your life in high school yeah 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 and I think the education is is a lot more available now of what is a healthy relationship a healthy relationship used to be like a marriage that is still a marriage that was a healthy yeah. relationship <laughs> if you're married for 50 years yeah that's a congratulations that very healthy relationship right there divorce bad <laughs> um but, <laughs> totally. but yeah no i think the the information now is out there as to what is a healthy um relationship whether it be a marriage whether it be a friendship whether it be a working relationship um, and I think uh, there's there's a lot more opportunity now for, um, especially, um, and I kind of, uh, I, I, I hate kind of going down this path, but like, especially for women. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, no, I totally it's always kind of been easier for, for men to, to ditch on something. And kind of that's been the stereotypical um, thing that you see is it's the, like, even like if you think back to like the movie Grease or whatever, it's like the, the, the dude <laughs> ditches out and that's okay. But, and the girl hangs around writing letters on perfume paper, like very bizarre. Um, yeah. But yeah, so stereotypically the the guy sticks, it's okay for the guy to leave. And now I think there's a lot more education of how, uh, what, like I said, what a healthy relationship looks like and that it's okay for women to be aware of that and, and say when they're not feeling like they're in a healthy relationship. So, um, we're going to dig more into this, but it's, it's funny because there is always an, I, I personally, okay, this, this, I don't know what this is going to make me sound like, but I couldn't <laughs> be with someone who wasn't a musician, like a relationship wise. My track history has always been <laughs> musicians. Um, and when I see people on stage performing like incredible music and that chemistry, it's like, how are you not together or like how do you just step off the stage and that was it that was the most beautiful relationship i've ever seen in that capacity and now you're just buds like i don't like i question that all the time trust me (laughs) (laughs) so so i i totally get where people can be in a musical working relationship and there's just 
when you have that musical chemistry, it would just naturally progress to the to the next level. So, um, yeah. If you don't mind, let's let's look a little bit at your story with when you started uh, started working more on the production side of things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a tricky thing to navigate because you're right. I mean, I think there is a natural chemistry that happens to, between certain artists, between mm-hmm. certain mm-hmm. creatives. Not always, right? Yeah. There's some yeah. there's some situations where you just don't vibe. Yeah. I, I went into a lot of co-writing situations and ch- tried it out and tested the waters with certain people. And if you don't click, there's just nothing there sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, that shows up in, in the songs. But there's other times when you meet someone uh and you just hit it off like it could be a a friend or it could be someone in the music industry that you start working with Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's a very real thing or at least it feels like a real thing you know yes yes so it's it's tricky because whether you're doing business with a friend or a lover or a parent like sometimes business and personal work really really well together and sometimes they don't Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think there has to be some sort of balance and the problem is there's a lot of power imbalances i think especially between males and females and that's the other thing too is like this is a very male dominated industry Mm -hmm. and traditionally men have had a lot of power as we were just kind of discussing so it uh, adds a different dynamic to things when they're in a position of power over you or maybe they're further in their career than you Mm -hmm. are Mm -hmm. that kind of thing um it it can be just it it can just become tricky so essentially i got to a point where i was ready to work with a producer for the first time which was a big risk and saved up my money right because it's fairly expensive like i don't know if people realize that you have to invest like thousands of dollars really (laughs) yeah yeah to uh get a quality recording yes and it requires a deposit and then you go and record and usually you pay a the other half when it's done and uh yeah so I, I had researched and I was young I don't know how old I was but probably around 23 or 24 mm-hmm. and yeah I found a producer just online I just started okay. researching like who was in Ontario like not even just in a specific city but I was kind of researching producers and listening to music that I loved and trying to figure out connections because it's a really small music industry. It's a small world. Yeah. Yeah. Which was kind of shocking to figure out as well. So I found a producer that had recorded some albums and songs that I really liked from artists that inspired me. So I thought, okay, this makes a lot of sense. And it turned out that they originally were from the same hometown as me. Oh, crazy. And we both kind of had some really interesting synchronistic things happening so it again you kind of feel like oh this is probably meant to be or what have you because it's like oh there's all these signs so i took that risk and went to toronto and worked on this recording and we just started with a single and we were going to see how it went and it went really well nice and i showed up and we recorded a song that i wrote myself so he didn't really have anything to do with the the writing of it it was just kind of a really quick recording couple days and called it called it a project basically nice but around that time uh he was involved with a music program and 
had basically invited me to apply, which cool. I did. So this was a fairly big music program in Toronto um, called Canada's Music Incubator. Right. And there's quite a few artists that, that take that program. So yeah. I got into that, moved to Toronto, took the program, and still kept this relationship with my producer going. And on top of working together, I mean, we started just getting to know each other and like texting all the time and we just had a vibe and yeah, I was like yeah. okay scary and you know my grandfather had died at that same uh -huh. time so there was like a lot of vulnerability mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. just a lot of unknowns mm -hmm. and he was quite a bit older than me and to some people that may be like an immediate red flag mm -hmm. but for someone like me who always connected with people that were older than me wasn't yeah. really right right a bad sign totally. for me because literally my whole life like I've been hanging out with people twice my age and right. it was just my norm yeah so yeah. yeah like it felt very natural for me but looking back I mean there's definitely a lot of red flags because he didn't really want to commit to a relationship and he was like well we can't date we're working together and we're doing this and we're doing that and I mean, eventually, I guess we didn't really have a conversation about it, but we just got caught up in this whirlwind of creating and mm -hmm. then a relationship and, you know, everything just kind of happened. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it turned out to be a really messy situation that, that dragged on a little bit too long. Right, right. And we, we recorded a few more things together and released it and stuff. And uh, yeah, eventually things just went went downhill from there. Right, right, right. So. And that was kind of the point, the turning point for you where you were like, is that where you decided to reset and come out to Calgary? Or did it take you a little while from that to, to get things figured out? Like, how how did things progress from there? Yeah, it, it took me a while. I think, I, I mean, it's hard to describe in a minute or less, but, mm -hmm. you know, it, this <laughs> this took so much time and energy and it took me probably a year or two I stayed in Toronto and I just worked and tried to survive and it's yeah. a really lonely expensive city to try to navigate on your own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So basically this this relationship was on and off and I was kind of contemplating what my next moves were going to be mm. and it was really devastating to lose a creative partnership yes. but also like a personal partnership and it was kind of my whole world. Mm -hmm. I didn't mm -hmm. have much else going on. For me in Toronto, aside from trying to build my career yeah. and this relationship, right? So right. that's that's problematic when you lose everything. So <laughs> I love how you just say that <laughs> when you lose, it's problematic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you think that this is the love of your life and this is it, and there, you know, I had so much hope because they yes. had you know significant connections in the industry and worked with people that I admired and I thought that was my ticket and everything was going to be great. Yeah. And none of that happened. Like a lot of it just blew up in my face right. and I was kind of left with nothing. Right. So how do you navigate from there, yeah. right? Little more like, than problematic, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you can give yourself a bit more, a bit more than that. Yeah. Well, it was a it, pain for a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, it was honestly it was it was really devastating and I'll, mm -hmm. and I'll paint a little picture of what that looked like i mean it looked like me living in a basement apartment with barely any light barely, barely saw the light of day working a really crappy job uh just trying to live yeah. and 
I just remember like crying every day. Like I would just sob in the shower Aww. on the floor and I just had no idea yeah. if I could ever get back to songwriting because mm-hmm. my, my well was just dry. Like I had no inspiration anymore. Yeah, yeah. And I just became this like lifeless thing, just going through the motions every day and it was brutal. So I had a couple things happen. I mean, my, my grandmother lived a few hours away from Toronto and she knew obviously I was, I was struggling quite a bit yeah. and I wasn't prepared to just give up some, for some reason on my career. I mean, I kind of had to take a step back for a few years and figure out what I wanted to do, but I wasn't ready to like move back to my hometown and give up on my dreams. Yeah, like it good, just wasn't. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. As hard as it was, that was never an option for me. So nice. Um, my grandma was like, why don't you go out to Calgary and revisit like some of your artist friends and, yes. you know, think about moving out there and, and all this kind of stuff. And I've always loved the West coast. Like I love the mountains and I've always kind of felt at home on this side of Canada. Yay. So I came out here for a trip and realized that the only thing that I had left really that was holding me back was this on again, off again situation. So I thought, well, maybe I need to just try to get myself back and get my creativity back, my music back and plan to start writing, recording and let's go. So I basically just moved myself across the country. and decided to fully end that that relationship because if I didn't leave and move across the country it just would have I I honestly don't think it would have ended it just was so on again off again this cycle that was just really negative cycle that Mm -hmm. kept repeating so Mm -hmm. and and thank you for for sharing all of that like you and I have talked um quite a bit but off outside of this um about kind of those those types of relationships and your situation and a situation that I was in, in in the past as well and I I think it's so important to talk about that because I I feel like very similarly to what we were talking about earlier is now now the the conversation about what a healthy relationship looks like is starting to be a normal conversation and now I feel like it's starting to come out you hear words like narcissist and and uh, you know mental abuse and all that kind of stuff gets you know I don't want to say thrown around but but you hear it an awful lot and I think yeah we're we're at a point where people are starting to just learn more about that and understand that that is part of an unhealthy relationship and that is sometimes a lot more common than we're aware of and just hearing you say you know i had to move across the country for it to end (laughs) like it sounds extreme but i i had to sell my house and move like it's it's you know there's it's happening to people so um I'm very passionate about being an advocate for for women in these situations and also particularly of course because I, I love musicians um so like music music and mental health and all that kind of stuff like these things that we don't necessarily think of as like a mental health element are like they're like oh well this is great fuel for the next album it's like well yeah <laughs> <laughs> please like stop saying that to me people <laughs> like Jesus. i know it's just yeah so um so yeah thank you so much for for sharing that because i think people need to hear that and 
maybe it does help you write your next album whoever you are listening to this but also please reach out if if you feel yes. like you need to move across the frigging country to get away <laughs> from someone and don't oh gosh now i'm going off on a lecture um and, and don't feel bad like that um something else that i learned from my caseworker was it takes seven times you go back to someone on average in an abusive yeah. situation so the back and forth like you said like i kept going back again all this the average is seven times no matter how bad it is pete that's yeah. the average it takes it takes a long time to even realize sometimes how toxic or abusive your situation is because when you're in it mm -hmm. your mm -hmm. your sense of perspective is not accurate and i think yep. From an outside perspective, people don't always understand that if they haven't been through these types of situations, but it took me moving across the country and probably five or six months after for me to realize certain things that had happened to me yeah, or certain things that he had said or certain manipulations that had happened. It took me so long for me to get clear view about mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what happened. Yeah. And that's how you know that you've been through some sort of yeah i mean yeah abusive situation because you obviously just don't see it like it's it's so easy for someone to say well if someone's abusing you why don't you just leave yeah. but it's not that simple no. and there's so many layers of why this happens or why you keep going back and a lot of it's subconscious mm -hmm. like there's a lot of stuff that goes on in your brain and Sometimes it relates back to your childhood yeah. and traumatic events that happened to you. And that makes you kind of susceptible yeah. to like people that want to take advantage of, you know, you and your good nature and the fact that you're a giving person or you're a caretaker or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it takes a lot of inner work too. Like as much as it, it fuels some great music, there's like a lot of, a lot of things that are happening mentally and emotionally right so yeah yeah totally and it's again thank you so much for talking on this because i think there is also a perception of what a or who a victim of mental or physical domestic abuse is and it again just just going back to the beginning of our conversation of how you were quite a solitary person to begin with you had relationships with people who were older than you so that was normal and yeah. and the fact that you weren't like oh my gosh when i when i look at that and i listen to that i'm like well perfect like you're not you're not surrounded with 75 friends or you know seven days a week of like this you know this circle that would need to be chipped away at to to get at you in the first place like right you're used to being solitary so suddenly it wouldn't trigger you and be like holy shit where have all my friends gone why am i alone why am i here it's like well this is just kind of normal yeah exactly and that's that's why i have to be really cautious just in relationships in general because it's it's so easy to be kind of codependent or to have mm -hmm. a relationship that becomes your whole world when you're used to being a person that doesn't have a huge so social life it's yeah. like yeah i have friends but not friends i see on the daily yeah. you know yeah, yeah. so yeah. if i have a relationship and someone i see daily it's yeah. easy for that to become my world yeah. so now obviously i'm a lot more conscious of that but yeah uh in that situation i i wasn't and i also want to say too like when that relationship started 
I was cautious. Like I, it's not, it's not like I didn't have any concerns or any guards up. I've always been a very guarded person as much as I'm so vulnerable on like social media or on on stage Mm -hmm. and through music. When it comes to my personal intimate relationships with people, like I've always been super guarded, like Mm -hmm. a lot of walls Mm -hmm. up before I really trust someone and let them in. So it's interesting to me that I felt safe enough with with him Mm -hmm. to even let him in because for me, that's a big deal. Like I'm not someone that just lets anyone into my heart or into yeah. my world yeah yeah it's it's funny yeah because you, you always have this vision of someone like creeping in with a cloak and like <laughs> dun, dun, dun. they even have the background music going it's like no 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 they're usually pretty intelligent good looking like got their stuff together yep. kind of people and yeah so um so no i'm really really happy to to hear that that you made that change and that it's all for the positive and that um yeah, I was going to say something about Toronto anyway, but, I was <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad you're here. Um. <laughs> a lot of people I talked to had a bad Toronto experience, so I guess right. I'm not the only one. Right. I was I was so excited my first experience to go to Toronto, and I was like, maybe it's kind of like the in between of like London and you know a bigger bigger than Calgary, not quite London. It's going to be awesome for music and all this kind of stuff. And I just got there, and I was like, it was kind of like. London without the architecture. <laughs> it's rainy and gray and pe- just people are just as angry. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah it's, no. <laughs> it's a very different way of life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mm-hmm. something I really appreciate about Western Canada. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel that people have a better work-life balance here yeah. and they yeah. want to do things outside of work and you have time to do things outside of work. And Toronto is very hustle and bustle and, and work, work, work and yeah. nine to five and then an hour commute here and an hour commute there. And there's only so many hours in a day. Yes. You know? Yes. So when did the, I don't know if the floodgates reopened, but when did the songwriting door reopen for you? Has it been an easier process or has it been, do you have that voice in the back of your head kind of judging as you're going now or are you, are you feeling you're free to write again? It took me a long time. Mm-hmm. And as someone who identified as a writer for my entire life, it was so hard to not be able to write for a couple of years. Yeah. And I tried to force it after that relationship and even when it was on again, off again. But I really just couldn't access anything. Right. Right. And that was devastating for me. And I think that's why I questioned my career moving forward for a while, because I thought if I can't write, like, how am I going to do this? Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. So that was really hard. And, and I didn't really end up writing again until, I mean, I had little inspirations here or there, you know, an idea for a chorus or mm-hmm. some lyrics here or there, but I kind of just took it as it, it came yeah, and yeah. put it on the shelf for a bit. And my intention was to come move out here. And I thought, you know, it would, be, it would be easy to just come out here and start writing and recording. And it took a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And how, so. how did you assemble your, your crew of musicians and your community of musicians? Were there, um, were there a lot of people that you knew from, your, from the CMI thing? Or what, did you have a kind of a network out here already? Yeah, thank God for that. Because I came out here and I met up with a few musician friends that I took CMI with which is cool because they were from out here but we all met and did this intense program in in Toronto so it was cool to 
have a solid base of people when I first got here. The other cool thing is that I realized that, you know, the Calgary scene is fairly tight knit and small. Mm -hmm. And most musicians here also took CMI another year. Yeah. So maybe we didn't take yep. it at the same time, but we all have the same network of people. Yes. And they also started running it out here mm -hmm. at Studio Bell. So I was like, this is awesome. So even if I didn't take it with someone directly, mm -hmm. like every time I would meet new artists, mm -hmm. They're like, oh, I took CMI. I'm like, yeah. I took CMI. I'm a CMI so, graduate too. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it brings people together because there's just that common ground, and it's like we've all experienced something, maybe not together, but kind of yeah. in a weird yeah, way. Totally. And and we all know the same, yeah, industry people, like yeah. same producers and managers, and we've probably had the same experience with certain people, and yeah, uh, it's it's become this community where we can kind of lean on each other and collaborate and also ask each other like hey have you worked with this person and and mm -hmm, kind of mm -hmm. do some investigating because it's it's a tricky business to navigate and I think it's good to get personal recommendations yes. for the most part yes. I mean everyone has a different experience with someone but I mean you, if you want to know right off the bat if for sure you should steer clear from a certain mm -hmm, person or business mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. you want to know and you want to have friends in the industry that you can talk to so totally i was totally. really really lucky to have that base of people as mm. soon as i got here so yeah thank god for that that's <laughs> awesome that's so awesome so so you have been you've been recording you've been releasing new music how's it feeling how's it all going really good it's been such a long time and i think when you go through a, a time where like I said, you question it and you don't know if you're ever going to do it again. Yeah. To be able to do it again makes me appreciate it that much more because it's always been a natural thing for me, obviously, but to come back after being away for so mm -hmm. long mm -hmm. and to come back stronger and now yes. I'm like learning how to tell my story and use my voice and empower other people, like it feels even, even greater than it ever was. Yes. So yeah, it's a cool feeling. Okay, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> I'm a crier. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> that, is, that is, that's beautiful. I am so, so happy for you. So um, is there anything just that's coming up real quick here? That I mean, obviously this podcast is going to be out there forever and ever, but is there anything that we can share about that's coming up real quick that you'd like to mention? Or where's the best places for people to follow you and keep up to date and all of that good stuff? Yeah, so I'm actually releasing a lyric video for my new single, Save Myself, Yay. mostly because the lyrics are really important to me. So mm -hmm, I figured mm -hmm. I would release a lyric video and just kind of extend the, the cycle of the release and get in touch with press again and give it like a second push before yes. we move on to the next single. So that's cool. That's coming out really soon. Uh, still in the studio working on the next single and thinking about how I want to visually represent it and, awesome. and planning that photo shoot and stuff like that. Very so there's cool. there's a couple songs coming out this year, which is exciting. Nice. And yeah, I guess the best places you can follow me. I mean, I love Instagram. Obviously, yeah. we're, we're both on there and kind of interact on there a lot. So. Yes. <laughs> uh, my website, Justine Giles, pretty much everywhere. I mean, cool. Spotify, Apple, anywhere you can stream. Awesome. 
I'll put all the I'll put all the links in the show notes so that anyone who's listening can go follow you and support you. And um, I'm so excited to come and see see you play in person at some point and uh, keep continuing to support you and everything. I'm just um I'm it sounds I, I hate saying this to be I, I'm very proud of you. It sounds very patronizing <laughs> and like I we we're we've never even met in in 3D, but at the same time like really proud of you for what you've done and and that you've stuck to your goal and your dreams and yeah fucking right on (laughs) (laughs) i so i so appreciate that and it's so nice to be able to have these conversations because life is busy and sometimes you forget to give yourself credit for how far you've come right so yes yeah, yeah i i appreciate that and and being able to talk about it and reflect and yes oh well we, done. we all need to give ourselves an extra pat totally, on the back you know <laughs> totally totally and like um i guess sort of parting words for anyone listening and if any of this has kind of resonated with you um please feel free to to reach out to me and um and if you do suspect that you are in a, a, an abusive situation then 99.9 percent you are uh so just just be aware of that and, and do take care of yourself but um Justine is testament to there is light at the end of the tunnel. You don't have to sacrifice your dreams. You don't have to stop following what you believe in. And yes, love it. So proud of you. You're, you rock. <laughs> and I can't wait to see what, what the future holds for you. Cause it's going to be, if you can get through that and get to this point, then there's, there's going to be big things ahead. So really excited for you. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully I can do anything now. There you go. There you go. And if you doubt yourself, just call me and I'll just tell you all of these things. (laughs) Awesome. All right, my dear. Well, thank you so, so much. And uh, it's been great to chat with you. Yeah, you as well. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please feel free to like, share, subscribe. And if you feel inclined to leave a review, I truly, truly appreciate it. You can check out all things voice at rocketvocalstudios.com. That's R-O-C-K-I-T vocalstudios.com. And follow me on social too, at Rocket Vocal Studios. Thanks again for listening. And I'll be back with lots more for you very, very soon.